In today's coffee chat, we have Tracy Gray. Tracy is our local modern day cowgirl. She is a lover of uniting horses and humans for healing and growth. She has a bachelor's degree in counseling for children and youth and is a spiritual seeker who continues her own learning and growth in the areas of equine guided education, yoga and Pilates, meditation and prayer, healing, energy healing, and trauma-informed practices. Tracy's cultivated a very special connection with horses through the 20 years she's had with breeding, training, competing, teaching, and partnering alongside them. Throughout the many chapters of her life thus far, horses have been a steadfast place for deep support and profound healing. Their allyship in modern times provides a much-needed reconnection to ourselves and our natural world. You're going to love this episode. Tracy is not only um, a local here um, that I've worked with, but so many women in our area, and I am excited to learn from her, connect with her even more, and share this information with all of you. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Loretta. How are you? I am well. I'm so excited for this. Yes, it's so fun. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at us just doing these different things in life. Right? Cool. Right? So exciting. So wow, look at this modern technology bridging all the gaps. Right? Yeah. It's like, I love yeah. it. I, um, and I find that these these coffee chats are so juicy and they're just, um, and it just brings so, you know, practitioners closer together um, and learning from one another and being real and offering something out to other people. So it's a win-win all around. Yeah, it's just fascinating what arises when you just like open it up to converse, right? Whether or not you necessarily have a specific intention around it or not. Sometimes you're just like, oh, the conversations that unfold are so beautiful. I did get to listen to a couple and I was like, oh, divine really so divine and I have to say how much I like the name as well I was like I am stop it (laughs) so good stop it I I use that all the time too for those who don't know um I hope you listened to the first part when I did the intro around Tracy and I actually worked with Tracy Tracy was my practitioner in my wellness journey and is my practitioner in my wellness journey um, because I've always had a real uh, affinity, obviously for nature and animals, but for horses and always had fear around them for whatever reason. And that could just be because I didn't grow up with them and I didn't have anybody to teach me. And when I started to learn the possibilities of bridging healing with horses and nature and heard about Tracy and her magic, I had to try it. And I, it's transformative. And so for those of you who have not tried this, I highly encourage it. And Tracy, I want to, I want to talk a lot with you about this um, and how you got started. So you came into this journey of horses, you were trained with horses, you grew up with horses. How did this all kind of start and flourish? Oh yeah. How did this start? It's really interesting thinking back about like where the little, seeds of an interest um, or purpose really 
take root in your life and then you know how they kind of blossom into fruition so i was a horse crazy girl i loved horses from when i was little i would like play horses down the street and then like run with shoes and make like the click cloppy noise <laughs> on <set laughs> and like horses in a parade i'd be like stop it i'd be like walking out into a parade and just like kind of looking up at them or i'd hear their their sound mm. of their feet or their breath and i just like the world to some extent would stop and I would just be enamored. And I don't remember ever feeling super enamored or inspired by kind of anything as a child, as much as I was like in, enraptured um, by just their very presence. I, you know, time would slow and it was, it was always um, such a treat. Mm -hmm. And I grew up here on the Sunshine Coast. So I lived in West Seashell at the time. Um, and I would get to come into contact with horses through my mom's family. My mom also was born on the coast. She's a longtime coaster. Her family were farmers and um, beachcombers and fishermen and have deep, deep roots on the Sunshine Coast um, here. And my grandfather was uh, like a cowboy and a, an agricultural, you know, kind of guru at the time. Um, and so I would visit with them wherever they lived and they always had land and milk cows and had chickens and sheep and would have these horses in their field. And my mom grew up riding a little um, and I, and I didn't ever grow up riding, but there was, whenever I was there, I just would be like the kid at the fence, sort of like drooling and staring and, you know, wishing my way to touch and, and be near um, in their presence. And so that was sort of on and off throughout my childhood. And then I never really rode, you know, like I didn't have experiences growing up where I, I rode. I had a few friends with horses that rode and that seemed to always end badly. <laughs> you know, if you're like, they'd bite me or I get stepped on or I'd ride and fall off. Like I just had no skills and no knowledge, but I didn't even care. I was like a moth to a flame. Mm. I just kept showing up. Um, and there was this sort of likely at the, at the time there was sort of this spiritual um seeing of each other I guess is how I might explain it or this kind of kinship that just continued to sort of draw me in and I, I never necessarily pursued it or had support in my life growing up to support other than you know in the context of larger family things going on and moments to make a, a brief connection um, and so that's sort of how it landed early in my life just was was more with this um, fascination and draw uh, and then um, after I graduated university, I took a job in Hunter Mile House because I was like parenting a child at the time. And I was like, oh, I don't want to raise my boy in the city. I'm like, I think I want a house and I want a dog and I want a bit of land. And so I had a friend at the time, a guy that was interested in me. And I was like, well, you know, he, he was really encouraging me to come out and check out the land up there. And there was lots of jobs and land and houses were cheap. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check it out. And so I went up for this job interview and I got the job and um, I really wanted to move somewhere where I knew someone, right? Where I kind of like had a connection or I had some friends or I at least had a person or a place to land on days where, you know, life was hard. Um, and I went up to, to Clinton and a hundred mile house and I, I fell in love with the area up there. The caribou was beautiful, like the drive from Hope to like Cash Creek and Ashcroft, the colors as you drove up mm -hmm. in that landscape and country, there just was something about like the wide open space and the peace of the land that was stunning and it captivated me. And I 
and I didn't miss the water at all. I was just like, oh my God, it's beautiful up here. Um, and he had this beautiful ranch, like beautiful, like f- wide open fields and like 80 horses running in pastures and fields and barns. And I just was like, oh my God, like what kind of paradise have I just imagined myself into? <laughs> <laughs> and I stayed for the weekend and he like wooed me hard, like hard woo. And I was like, Meh, I don't know. I'm not really sure if I'm really interested in you in that way, but like, let's be friends and hang out. And like, you know, so that was a bit my introduction to like ranch life and cowboy way and, you know, horse herds and, you know, the power and magic of these bands of horses and the way that they travel and the way that they communicate and how they all move together and who would approach you and who wouldn't approach you and who you're drawn to and why you're drawn to them. And so that was sort of my, my initial beginnings on kind of how I ended up kind of following this fascination to live where there's some space, um, be held with the land and nature, um, and then just sort of doors opening and other doors closing that ended up finding me uh, taking this position in the caribou and sort of staying with him for a period of time until I found some other place. And then I, I just didn't leave. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm... I, I, there's lots that I fell in love with there. And I think probably the land and the horses was the biggest and the first, if I'm actually really honest. So yeah. that was, that was sort of how I ended up finding myself there in that whole world. Um, yeah. Of, of breeding and training and raising horses and, you know, living so closely with the land throughout the seasons and becoming intimately familiar with the way of the horse and, the nature of the horse, mm-hmm. right? How horses are in their very, their very core in nature and how deeply that spoke to me at the time, you know, and, and being a young sort of 24 year old woman at that time to now 46, you know, the nature and the horses have evolved so much for me in my, fe- my female world. Um, what I knew and how I interacted with them then versus, you know, this really precious knowing that I have of them now and, how their very essence and being has been this like deeply therapeutic alliance for me through so much of my adult female life. I just, I can't even imagine who I would be without their kinship along the Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, what a beautiful story of how that kind of that's, that's unfolded for you. What has been like, you know, I'm curious, what has been one of the most, and I want to talk about the, the female part of this, like really coming mm-hmm. into, uh, it's funny. I just look out the window and there's a large eagle just like flying right back. <laughs> this, yeah. this is the beauty of like, when we talk about oh, this stuff, yeah. like the strength of nature as it comes in. Totally. Um, and, and maybe actually, maybe that's a good, maybe that was like a nice little sign and segue there around strength. Right. So you're a single mom, got a kid. Um, you are on a new adventure, a new chapter in your life, mm-hmm. find this connection with something that's been calling you for quite some time on and off. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious, like on a, on a personal, level, I'm going to get to the professional with the women on the personal level. What's the biggest thing that horses have, um, the connection with horses and the work have with horses has brought to you. And I'm sure there's a ton, but like, there's something that you can really like pinpoint that's been the most powerful. Um, the most powerful thing that horses have brought to me in my personal life, yeah. just as a human, as a woman, as a woman, as a woman, as a human. Yeah. Well, you know, I think like when I think about it now and I, and I, and I sort of like reflect on the that journey throughout my whole life, I think what it's been has been this like negotiation of 
how do I embody power? Like, what is my relationship as a woman with power, mm-hmm. you know, and as a girl with power I'm, and I'm drawn to it, but I'm terrified of it. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do with it when it's like between my legs even, right? Yes. There's like 1300 pounds, you know, and, and, and like, let's face it, it's mostly women who are drawn to relationships with horses and spend the time and energy and money nurturing these relationships with horses. And, from this very female, almost primal level, it's like, what is our relationship with power, Mm -hmm. power and beauty and majesty? Um, And how are we, how are we integrating that into our life? Right? Is it power over something? Is it more power within? Is it power with? And so early in my life, it was definitely power with power over, right? I kind of grew up in the cowboy way. It was like breaking and training and controlling and dominating of, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, very much sort of the masculine way of being and certainly was the cowboy way. And then as my female life has unfolded from 24 to 46, that period of time, I'm like, oh, it's been the, it's been the unlearning of that. And it's been this sort of rewilding of what does it actually mean to have power with um, you know, and to integrate movement and to um, move with something rather than just like on top of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think I, I tend to be quite a physical human. Um, and so there's something really uh, powerful and also sexual almost in nature that especially as a girl, I didn't really know what to do with most of us young women don't really know how to reconcile our sexuality and the stimulation even that comes from like wrapping your legs around a 1200 pound horse and then moving with it. Those are not ever things that are really talked about or taught or given permission to explore or feel. And so I don't think I understood that from a conscious place, but I think I was deeply drawn towards it. Yeah. And so the more I got out of my own way and I sort of like you know, could just move with and be in that energy, well, the better rider I became, the more compassionate of a human I would become, the more I was able to like literally let go of the reins and move with the flow of it all. And so I think on a personal level, I probably got to know myself and heal myself ongoingly um, in my relationship with horses in a way that I haven't ever been able to sort of um, achieve any other way. Not that even achieving feels like the right word, but just become more familiar with, you know, it really has felt like, um, a a home, like familiar relationship for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I, um, when when I brought my daughter to, to come see you there, and I said, what was the coolest part about that? Like, cause we just kind of hung out for a few minutes and she's like, yeah. when she put her hand in front of his mouth and was, or in front of her mouth and was playing with his little, <laughs> little muzzly chin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it was interesting for her as a young, you know, she's almost three. Yeah. Um, she'll be three this week. And, um, and watching her and that was like the power, the connection from, because we've been, you know, I've been introducing her to now that I'm feeling more comfortable with horses. She's, you know, coming. And it was interesting to, for her to, I think, to see that power dynamic and Mm -hmm. see that it's actually quite not to have that fear and that there's a playfulness that comes into that and a comfortability that comes into that. Um, and I love that it's that you're talking in and around the, the sexuality of our power because like mm-hmm. our that is our power center, our center of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, 
And that's definitely, you know, some of the stuff that I came into my work with you is around finding that power center and not from a, a power over, like you mentioned, but a power within mm-hmm. and, and a deeper connection. And when we're in that place of deeper connection, which is a lot of the work that I do with other people as well as myself, but then there's a flow that happens in your life, right? There's a fluidness, like a connection to other people and more importantly around animals um, and horses are such a, yeah, you know, 13, 1300 pounds. Like that's, that's a lot yeah. of, you know, that's a lot of power um, and mm-hmm. learning to hone in and connect with that. Yeah. So, I love that little mention about your daughter and the muzzle and the lips. I do remember her like joy, right. In her <laughs> eyes and she's like sparked up and she was like, Oh, you know, yeah. and I think that what I got from that when you were talking about that also is that especially as women, you know, depending on the age that you are, I I recognize this much less in my daughter than in my generation, but like we were really encultured and ingrained to not trust ourselves. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, even with this 13 pounder pound animal, can you trust yourself that when you put your hands out there in the spirit of, you know, connection and curiosity that it will be met with as such. And if it's not that there will be something in your body that will indicate to you that that's not a good idea for you right now. Right, yeah. that you inherently have a level of knowing, even if you don't know horses, that you'll be like, mm, this doesn't feel very good for me. I'm going to move away. <laughs> or like, oh my God, this feels so great for me. I want to move towards, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like, especially in the work that I've done with kids for most of my adult life, I'm like, that became really important to me to pass on. I'm like, I want little girls to know that they already know that they can move towards or they can move away. They don't have to yeah. be a cowgirl or an expert. And how can they take that and bring it into other areas of their life, that curiosity, you know, that knowingness and trusting that if you want to step away, step away, right? Or if you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I'm lit up. I want to move towards and you're like, move in, play, have some fun with that. And how that translates in all areas of our lives and how it adds to such, I mean, I just even just by listening to you, I'm just vibrating because that is really what most women have, you know, it's been 13 years since I've been coaching and every woman that's been coached that I've come into contact or young girls for my charity work yeah. um, doesn't have that connection. They don't yeah. trust themselves. Yeah. And so they're seeking, they're seeking that approval or they're seeking that, that direction from outside sources. And we all know what happens when we do that in life. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. And I think and one of so, the, yeah that sometimes happens in the educating process, right? The school education process is that we teach kids and girls that they need to find it in their mind. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You, you know, your mind no. will validate and your mind is useful and for certain aspects of it. But like, this is going to be felt in your body. You will know this from your yeah. gut and your heart and your visceral body. And so, you know, aspects of technology and places that support us in one way, but really detract from our primal level knowing, you know, our connectedness with the earth and all this sort of like real life that's unfolding around us Mm -hmm. is where we end up having to return to so that we can revisit our remembering and our knowing. And that sort of ends up being why horses are so powerful for people, whether you choose to, you know, have a relationship with horses or ride or anything actually to do with them. It's simply this ability to return back to this remembering and knowing, right? Where you walk into the paddock and you're like, bam, there's these visceral downloads that hit you right away, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm, you know, often this is something that happens all the time when people walk into a paddock. They're like, I don't feel like I'm welcome here. Um, or, mm-hmm. 
um, I'm, I'm behaving as I would at a social gathering where I'm looking around and I'm wondering who do I approach and who's going to approach me and am I good enough and do I make the first move or do they make the first move? And so it's like interesting because how we are in some areas of our life can, can really be how we are in so many other areas. And so yeah. it, for, it gets us out of our minds and into our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we have the ability to like really heal trauma and old stories and uncover old narratives and it's not like the horses have some magic fairy dust where it makes it all okay they just provide you really steadfast support so that you can honor your own process um in negotiating something that feels much more truthful for you now and letting go of the things in that moment that no longer serve you Mm -hmm. right whatever that might be the story the sensation the feeling and they're so gracious and beautiful at just like being an ally or witnessing or holding the support. And often that's not how it goes with humans, right? With people, there's an agenda or it's too complicated or they're triggered or whatever. And so that sort of ends up being the real beauty of this like sentient live being that our minds can't really construct, but our bodies can sure as heck feel. And Mm -hmm. that even that piece right there is a profundity that not all humans necessarily um, can comprehend, right? Around this sort of therapeutic value of horses, as you know therapeutic allies versus horses as beasts of burden you know which is just sort of like the unfolding of their story and their journey of you know partners for humans Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's so beautifully said of just that that surrender that you can have because it's just a witnessing and an unpresence right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I mean you got me to lay backwards on a horse With no reins and no, like, you know, and it's yeah. just like I'm just like laying on a horse yeah. with my head on its butt and just been like, okay, like I'm, you know, and, and feeling that, that 110% support. And it's just like, and the calmness and the connection from that place is just, yeah, it was so empowering and so powerful. Yeah, it's an interesting one for adult women, that whole process, right? I can, there, there sort of is this visceral tension that sometimes women will hold in their bodies. I mean, I know I, I certainly have when I've done that exercise in particular, because as you, I'm like a holder for space and a supporter mm-hmm. and a giver and an offerer and, a, you know, a ball juggler. And so then when it's your turn, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so now you, you receive, you drop in, you feel what it feels like to actually receive the steadfast support of something live and warm and steady underneath you how is that Mm -hmm. for you you know are you done in 30 seconds is it a struggle to stay for a minute what's it like if you hang out there for four minutes like what kinds of layers that you encounter because we all do with our mental mind do you have to start to peel away like an onion before you can really get the blessings and drink in and fill your cup with that sense of being really fully held you know, in whatever ways you can be fully held in that moment. And, and then really the, the, the other piece of that is that how does that not then just turn out to be a one-off experience, but how can you fill yourself with that so that as you leave into the rest of your world, those experiences become your baseline for what you choose to attract, manifest, create mm-hmm. in your real life, right? Otherwise you're like, oh, it was a great day, but you know, whatever. And you're like, no, no, how do you take this with you and now use it as a baseline for normal or return back to the sensation and this feeling in your body um, so that you can attract and create more of the same, right? 
Yeah, that sort of feels like the piece where it becomes more relevant to life versus just this cool experience that you have, you know? Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and that's, and that's it. Like, I, I mean, after I had that session, I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be completely held, like completely, like let go, completely held. And then the days that followed, mm-hmm. I started to just the awareness of that. I started to look at where in my life am I not feeling this? Mm-hmm. And where in my life do I want to feel this more? Mm-hmm. And where in my life am I feeling this? And I can just like be in gratitude and bring more of that connection in. And it was just such a powerful way of discovering or coming into that knowing in, in that somatic sense. Because mm-hmm. it was just like, like, I mean, all of your senses are just feeling, because you're feeling the fear and, and the safety at the same time. And then the fear goes away and the safety amps up and yeah, it's beautiful. So tell in that, like your work with women mm-hmm. in, so can we talk a little bit about that? Cause I think this mm-hmm. is a, a lot of the women who are, you know, listen to this, to these coffee chats are in a place where they're not feeling secure and they're not feeling um, particularly supported or, you know, what I'm noticing a lot of is that they're not in their full expression of self. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that's a lot of the women that come to you and just be like, Tracy, <laughs> you know, I'm not feeling in me and, and I've got stuff and trauma and things showing up for me. So can we talk about your, like, when people come to see you, what, what happens? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting this summer. I, uh, what I noticed is that people were like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know why I'm here, but I have a resonance with you or I have some connection from some other way mm-hmm. or someone refer me and I'm just saying yes and I'm following flow and it feels like a yes but actually if I'm really honest I'm kind of terrified and I don't know what's going to happen and I'm like brilliant mm-hmm. thank you so much I'm so glad you just like you know followed a willingness or a prompt yeah. or an urge or an inquiry it's already you know it's already a win or it's already like so much work has already been done right whenever somebody just even manages to get themselves there because let's face it you don't really know what's going to happen. Horses are big and huge. Most of the time, the people that I have that, that come and see me have this interest or curiosity about horses, but they don't really have this mental idea of why. But yet they're following some prompt and longing of their heart or some visceral nudge that they should like go and, and do this. There's something that has been awoken. And so that to me feels like such a blessing and such a gift to mm-hmm. witness that, in, you know, even that initial part. Um and I think often what ends up happening is there's a process for every human that ends up looking quite unique to them. I can't ever really say, oh, this is how it goes. And this is what we do because it's different all the time. Um, you know, like horses, uh, they end up meeting you exactly where you're at. They just do. And mm-hmm. so some people will start on the outside of the fence and they're like, that's as far as they get. And that's great. That's totally, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's a a sense of enoughness around whatever the process ends up looking like for you. Um, It's Mm -hmm. more like the somatic conversation with your body, with the environment, with one horse in particular, or or with a herd or a band, right? A family of horses. Um, And most often what happens is the energetic vibration of your heart, your heart coherence, right? The visceral energetic field around your heart, which you've made reference to in your breath work, that's about three feet. Mm -hmm. Well, for horses, Mm -hmm. it's about eight feet because their Mm. heart coherence is nine times the size of ours. Their heart is nine times to 10 times the size of our physical heart. So their heart frequency and the vibrations that they pick up on is much larger. So the minute you get out of your car and walk in, they're already attuning 
to your energetic vibration. And because they are a sociosensual animal, meaning they vibe on each other's sociosensual experiences, right? Like the pul- their heart rate, their pulse, the, t- the tension or tonality of their muscle structure, how they're holding their tail, how they're holding their head. Like a horse can pick up their head and look in a certain way and have uh, a response or reaction to a potential threat or think that there's a threat and everybody will move like within a second Mm. so fast. And so you can Mm -hmm. come in with this sort of tightness around your guts, lots of gurgling, right? This sort of like cold hands, cold feet, short breath, busy mind, shallow breathing, but you're there, you know, and they will, and and there will be different responses to your physical showing up because each horse has their own way of being, their own experience, their own story, their own biology, their own relationship within their herd. And so who sees you or how they see you or who chooses to approach you and how they choose to approach you says quite a lot, you know, like, yeah, like often almost, almost always when this one horse shows up, I'm like, oh, we're dealing with matters of the heart here. (laughs) She's the heart horse. (laughs) She just shows up and there's this other horse when she comes up and she's the sort of first one to make contact. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're looking at boundaries. She's the boundary horse who will test boundaries, who will force you to look at your own boundaries. There's another horse who very rarely connects up close, but she, if she shows up and puts herself in your presence, then I'm like, oh, this horse has a difficult time knowing people and getting to know people, right? She, she's like, has a high level of self-protection. Um, Mm. And so there are sometimes themes that arise within the herd, right, and their own medicine individually, and then how they are collectively um, that vibrate with that human or, or, or couple humans or group of humans. And so what ends up happening is essentially, especially in the early stages, is just a noticing of right and converting around your own somatics, like what is it that you're noticing uh, is happening in your body right now, right? Where do you feel the most sensation, tightness, tingling, whatever? What thought is happening in your brain? Like, is there a predominant thought or strain of thoughts? Or if a horse comes over, it would be something like, what were you thinking about? What was the thoughts that were occurring for you right before that horse came over? Or if there was an interaction, sometimes horses will like repeatedly touch your feet or repeatedly bring their head to certain parts of your body. And so what is the message you know, like, what is your interpretation of that, first of all? Because ultimately, we're all, um, you know, know more about our own self and story than me or anybody else. So what does your interpretation of that mean for you? What is the message behind that behavior, right? Or what might the message be behind the particular emotion that you're experiencing right now? Because the horses almost always, like, move towards what is validating and move away from what it feels untrue. You know, as prey animals, they, can, they, they will not put themselves in situations where there's a high level of incongruence. It's not safe for them. So you can't say something like, oh, yeah, I, I really love horses. Horses are great. But everything in your body is like, oh, my God, I'm freaking terrified right now. <laughs> Let's turn around and walk away. <laughs> because in a herd dynamic, right, in a band of horses, they um, are only ever transparent, authentic, and truthful all the time. They don't have room. It's not safe for them. Uh, to not trust each other fully and wholly because they all have a role to play in their ultimate survival, um, especially in a situation where horses are able to be free, you know, and live in a band or a herd together mm-hmm. versus like in stalls. Um, their, you know, very nature is to relate to the world from a female or feminine perspective, right? Like effective 
healthy, successful horses and herds of horses choose cooperation over competition, you know, responsiveness mm. to themselves and each other over strategy, emotion and intuition over logic, process over goals, right? And so the very nature that they are able to be successful within their, you know, species are the very things that women uh, are kind of trying to, to integrate into their female lives at this particular juncture in the world that we're living mm-hmm. in. And so that's sort of the draw that I see, you know, and the themes that I see is that particular conversation. And so it can often be around like, how am I abandoning my femaleness and where, where, am, where is my masculine energy useful and helpful and where is it not? Right. And am I living in balance or am I just like ridding myself of unhealthy female and feminine energy uh, and masculine energy? And where am I trying to negotiate something that feels much more aligned and truthful for me right now? Mm-hmm. And then they end up just being really live, generous um, allies and partners as we navigate and negotiate that work. Right. So you'd be like, OK, well, say that or try that. And then what do you think in your body and what's the response from your horse partner? Right. They're very like interactively experiential, experientially real and in the moment um, allies, right, partners in the giving of feedback. And they have no agenda. There's no agenda. They don't know you. They're not going to like talk to your family. They have like no preconceived notion about like, yeah, not likely you did that three minutes ago. So I'm going to hold that against you. They're like, no, every moment is brand new. So that's sort of where this like deeply, deeply generous energy where you're like, I'm so sorry, I totally messed that up, but I'm going to try again. And you're like, try again. How did that go? And you're like, oh my God, that was so well received. And that felt so good and aligned. And you're like, brilliant. That's that, you know, so in that, that ends up being sort of the takeaway for, for people is those kinds of isolate, not necessarily isolated experiences, but moments and experiences that can then translate into the rest of their life, whether or not it's professional, right, in a work environment or personal in relationships that are happening or most often fundamental, right, things across the board is sort of what we sort of see. So mm-hmm. that's a long-winded answer to that, but. <laughs> no, it was sad, but so informative, like, and so powerful because I'm, like, sitting here nodding my head going, like, yeah, yes, like, there's just, like, everything aligns with, I mean, in, in the place that we are in our world and evolution right now, women are are realizing and coming into this knowing and energy and it's fascinating how you know as you're describing it the horses like this is just their normal way of yeah. being and, and connecting and, and it's um and that's why it's so powerful because and 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 bringing women into this arena like what a gift like and i know personally allowing women to come into this using and connecting them with the na- or I should say uh, interacting and partnering yeah. in nature with this. Um, amazing. So I have a couple of questions. We have a few minutes and I want to kind of get some kind of questions. If maybe I should, I want to turn this to you because we've been talking about other people, your self care. This is so important when you do this work, when you're like able to sustain it and bring your magic to, I imagine the horses are a big part of that because they're just always reflecting and connecting in that space. What else do you do for your self care? Well, um, this, I tend to, how I'm, what I'm noticing about my, um, work-life balance is that, uh, 
I work, I live more than I work. So I work three days right now and I try to fill and be really mm-hmm. present for my three days, but then I, I have four days where I don't, you know? And so in kind of mm-hmm. uh, the stage that I find of life that I am right now, I really could work all the time. I love it. I probably could see people all the time, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really honor my own sense of wellness, right? And my ability to put up boundaries around how often I show yeah. up and to what extent and what level. So I've kind of come to navigate mm-hmm the amount of time that I I'm present. And then, um, and then it doesn't feel like, Oh, there's some days where I'm giving less and because I'm a bit, I'm feeling a bit burnt out. I'm just like honoring my own limitations, you know? And so that's sort of something that has come as I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have a partnership now, so I don't have to do it all on my own, you know, as a single parent, I had to do it all on my own. It was exhausting. And so I feel super grateful that I have an ability to share now and I'm like, not going to waste it. I'm going to like take, (laughs) advantage of like oh being able to share you know the that particular workload um the mm-hmm. other thing that I find that I'm doing is I'm really listening to my body a lot this winter um and so for mm-hmm. me that's looked like I'm not drinking coffee and I love coffee I have this like super fancy coffee machine I look at it with lust every morning and I'm like damn you but my body is just like Tracy <laughs> It hurts your gut. Like you get the shakes, like you can't, your body doesn't like it anymore. And so I've, it's interesting, you know, these attachments that we have to certain things where you're like, oh, I love the smell. I love the routine. I love the ritual. But I'm like, gosh, it just makes me feel like shit. Um, and mm-hmm. same with wine. I'm like, I love wine. It's so sexy in a glass. It swirls. I want it with like fancy dinner or something. But I'm like, <laughs> you're sad the next day and you're foggy and you can't even string together a sentence or two. You're like, duh, 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 duh. like I just feel slow in my cognition. <laughs> and I'm not saying I never have wine, but I'm saying there are certain things where I'm like, oh, I, I, I I'm the things that I would have chosen to enjoy on a regular basis, even unconsciously, now I'm like, I, I'm not choosing them as much. I'm choosing things that make my body feel better. Yeah. I'm having way more space between them. And so um, th- those things for sure help with my physical wellness. Um, I really enjoyed my breath work with you. Uh, I feel like that has arrived. Mm. What I really love too about the divinity of life is that when you're paying attention, it just shows up. It just shows up. And then you're like, it's not hard to say yes. Make It's easy to say yes. It's not like, oh, I really want to do this, but there's yeah. like seven hoops that I have to jump through to make it so. I'm like, I really want to do this. And it's so easy. There's so many ways in which I can step in and receive in all of these different ways. So I'm super grateful for that yeah. journey of breath work. I think that it's been like... Um, uh, a releasing of these different layers and veils every time I explore it. And I think for me this fall, one of my personal takeaways of that has been that around healing my, you know, kind of inner girl, you know, the way in which I kind of used mm-hmm. her and abused her and took advantage of her strength and didn't really honor that. And I'm like, I have such sadness and compassion for her. Um, whenever I leave a breathwork session, it feels a bit when we're starting the breathwork, like I'm crying, you know, that three part breath where you're like, <gasps> and I'm, it's like a kid when you're going to get ready yeah. to cry, you're like, <gasps> and then you have a release. <laughs> so that was an interesting yeah. um, kind of aha that landed for me when I was started that journey with you is that I'm like, oh, I have some early girl sadness to, to let go of here. Um, I've had a couple psychedelic experiences this fall, which I'm always strange at speaking about, but I think the thing that has, has been interesting around that has been this draw towards the somatics, 
you know, this sort of like mm-hmm. integration of getting our mind out of the way so that the healing that's ready to surface can, can unfold, however that might be, with zero judgment around mm-hmm. what that looks like. I think that's why people love breath work and, um, you know, the horse piece and the, these things that are experiential and, you know, they just show up in a moment where you're like, this feels really good. I'm going to say yes to this right now and see what happens. And so I feel like I've had a few mm-hmm. of those experiences that have ended up being real blessings and of my mind has been able to rest and get out of the way so I can access some deeper healing along the way. Um, and mm-hmm. then I, I've actually moved away from doing uh, the yoga as much as I've done. And I've done a lot of Pilates this year, the last couple of years, actually. And as my body ages, I think one of the things that that has brought me is this ability to remain connected to my core, right? To feel like strong in my core, mm-hmm. to have a flexible yeah. back and um, a core that I can engage and move through, whether or not it's on the horse or wherever. I have this sort of inner strength that feels like it aligns with my energetic strength, right? And my emotional strength. And so um, mm-hmm. that's been a blessing. Yeah. As I get older, I'm like, yeah, this is how I'm going to move as I become an aged woman. <laughs> I bought a Pilates chair and so now I'm like, oh, there's no excuse. 20 minutes a day, just get up there. And so, uh, yeah, that, and then I think I also have lots of really beautiful sisters and girlfriends and more that keep sort of arriving on my path, even with the women that I work with, there's some that will come and go. And then there's others where I'm like, oh, we're friends now, you know, like I have this friendship and this mm-hmm. deep wanting to cheerlead for them an investment in their life where I'm like, I'm thinking of you. How are you? I haven't talked to you in three weeks or like, um, something will remind me of them. And I'm, I just have such gratitude that I don't have sisters in my life and I have a challenging, albeit evolving relationship with my mother. So, you know, having the Mm -hmm. amount of really divine women in my life and the diversity in, in these women, um, feels like such a blessing, such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's probably, I love it. Like you literally covered everything. You've literally covered like, it's uh, like the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spirit, like you've got like all of the components. And so this is what yeah. holistic self-care looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And evolving, right. Like different every year. This is 2020. The year yeah. of clear vision and also sure. where everything also falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> the year that feels like three years all <laughs> yeah. in one. I got married last year at September. Yeah, and right? so I was like, honey, mm-hmm. if we can make it through our first year of marriage as like 2020, I feel like we're fine because it's felt like, gosh darn it, a several years packed into one. And so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if people, you know, can, can navigate through this year, you know, diving a little deeper and attuning to all these aspects of self, not just work, not just relationship, right? Not just mothering or whatever then it's like cool there yeah. i feel like we will we will come out of this with um you know a, a certain level of resiliency that we did not have going in and i really hope that that feels true for, for, for yes. many people as painful as it can be i feel like that inner resiliency that we're cultivating right now is needed as we move forward into these you know this new world that we're trying to create Yeah, and I think that this is a a, a beautiful um, segue to comp- to kind of wind our conversation is around this because um, this year has really been the unwinding um, of those social constructs that you spoke about, and that you know we see all the time, and coming into ourselves and coming into our inner power and our 
uh, understanding of how to care for ourselves and how to connect with nature and how to kind of get back to the basics mm-hmm. um, from mm-hmm. from a very feminine energetic place which is what this whole podcast is about is that you can be feminine still be yeah. a badass and you can still get yeah. stuff done and you can still you know as you, you still go on a journey and it's it's and remain authentic and real to you know to yourself and so if there's a woman listening to this and they're really resonating with what you're saying is there one piece of advice or one thing that you would like to share with them about how to coming into their their feminine energy coming into um themselves i think what i would want to leave women with is to, to sort of follow and attune to things, whatever they might be in your life, horses, yoga, whatever, whatever it is. Not, it's, not, it's much less about the thing, right? It's much more about um, pursuing and attracting and resonating that which allows you to feel both free and held, right? Free and held. Mm-hmm. What, how, how does that look for you? Because I, I feel like that ultimately is the desire for many of the women that I come into contact with. And like me, myself, as a woman, I'm like, I just want to feel free and held all at the same time. Um, and so I'm going to follow things that bring that resonance into my world. That's the life that I want to build for myself. That's the, that's, so those are the things that I want to teach my daughter mm-hmm. to pursue. Like Those are the real values for her, is what makes you feel free and held. Yeah beautiful thank you this was fun thank you so much (laughs) yeah it's uh i i I always get you know so much out of it and the feedback that i get from listeners is like that was really great so So, um, thank you for taking sharing yeah and um well we're gonna connect soon we're gonna move we're gonna flow yep we got some dancing (laughs) And flow dance to embody this winter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day okay, and we'll connect soon. Take good soon. care. Blessings. Okay.